Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering 2007's Dead Silence. Jamie? Jamie? story around here about a woman named Mary Shaw. The ventriloquist who lost her voice. Back when I was a boy, the little boy went missing. There was only ever one suspect, Mary Shaw. She was murdered. The men cut out her tongue. And this town has been plagued by death ever since. Families found without their tongues. She was buried with her doll collection. The children, as she called them. Somebody dug them up. All 100 of them. They came back. They didn't stay dead. This film is currently streaming free on Tubi. Yay, Tubi. Uh, it's directed by James Wan. Does he need an introduction? Everyone knows who James Wan is. I think Wan we know is. who he is by now. Also co-wrote uh, by James Wan and Lee Warnell. Um, the, this is Lee Warnell's first movie that he screened, uh, that he was a screenwriter for outside of the Saw franchise. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to do, I would like to mention that this film was composed by Charlie Clauser for the Nine Inch Nails fans out there. Yeah. I had no idea who that was. Collaborated with Trent Reznor. Why are you staring at me like that for? Leave all the silence hanging. From 1994 to 2000. <laughs> uh, starring Ryan Quanten, who plays Jamie. Donnie Wahlberg, who is Detective Lipton. Who apparently has the same last name as his character from Band of Brothers. Oh, really? Yes. Um, you will see a young 
Kerr Gilchrist, who was Tony Collette's son in the United States of Terra, that show that she did, and he was also Paul in It Follows. Uh, and okay. he's been on, on, on other things, but he plays the young Henry, who the older Henry later on in the, in the film is played by Michael Fairman. And you know, he's been in everything, every TV show that you can name from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, he did at least a couple of guest appearances in it. From WKRP, The A-Team, Knight Rider, The Dukes of Hazard, everything he showed up in it at some point or another. So he's pretty extensive character actor career. The now this is my first time I've ever seen this film, and you actually saw this in the theater. Yeah, I saw it when it first came out. Uh, who else is in the film? Uh, Bob Gunton plays uh, uh, Ryan Quanton's father, uh, Edward, and you'll remember him also. He's been in a ton of things as well. He's been in everything from Star Trek to uh, he was the asshole warden in the Shawshank Redemption. Is probably where he's most famous for. And the main character, the main evil character, uh, Mary Shaw, is played by Judith Roberts. And she's also been in a ton of things throughout the years. She was in Eraserhead. So she's been a pretty uh, extensive career as a character actor as well. So a lot of people in this movie are well, you know, you know their faces, but they're not well-known names, you know. At the time, Ryan Quanton wasn't that well-known either. He had done True Blood, but I think there'd only been like one season of it at this point. Nope, nope. You're ahead of the game. Oh. True Blood started the year after. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is like before. Before True Blood, okay. He was coming off um, like a soap opera, I think, over there in Australia. He had done some other stuff. Ah, okay. But yeah, he hadn't been in the True Blood. He, he hadn't been Jason Stackhouse yet. <laughs> Jason Stackhouse. Um, <laughs> so this is the first time I've seen this. Like mm-hmm. I said previously. So I just wanted to just make sure that everyone knew this because, yes, I have seen this cover, you know, when you're going through, like, oh, we're going to watch, you know, today. It's, you know, they got the ventriloquist, like, dummy, but, you know, in the front cover and all that. bajillion times. And I never really was like, oh, let me, let me watch that. Let me, let me just watch it. I don't know why. Um, I'm glad I did watch it. You can definitely see how a lot of things in this film carried over for both Juan and Warnell in their in their other projects. Yeah, this one has a very I'm not going to say this is very similar, but it's the feel of it you can see it's kind of a dry run for like Insidious. The the tone of like the music and the like the creepy shadows and that kind of stuff that they do in it. There's a lot of this that like leads up to like, you know, Insidious. Yeah. That's what it reminded me most of. Conjuring, not so much, but Insidious, yeah, they, you know, you can see where the influences came from on this. The only thing in The Conjuring, which obviously because I was like based on that family's experience, was like when um, Michael Fairman's character is going under the house looking for his wife and that whole scene where you know you have back in the conjuring the mom was like hanging out underneath the house yeah and when she was like in the basement and that yeah towards the end um so yeah there's just different things here and there uh if you've seen enough horror movies you're going to be able to call like what's going to happen because i was because i had never seen the film 
I was like to him, like, okay, I think it's this. And I think it's that. I was that annoying person. I was just like trying to figure out the film before. Like, you know, but he had, you told me like, oh, there's all these clues. And they're going to like reveal the clues at the end of the movie and show you what all the clues are. So I was just like, boom, this is a clue. Boom, this is a clue. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to pinpoint what it was. And I have to say that I fucking called it. I called it. Um, and I give myself a pat in the back. So that's what I'm going to do right now. This is very, this is that old, you know, that revenge tale. That's the very Freddy Cougar like where it's, you know, kind of the revenge of and the person that's been put upon has come back from the grave to seek revenge on the people, the townspeople that did that person wrong. Even though they, as you find out in this, so the basic story of it is, is years ago, Mary Shaw, the ventriloquist, was uh, accused of murdering a kid that disappeared. And there was no evidence to say that she did it, but everyone just assumed she did because the kid had made fun of her at a performance. So they looked for him, they never found him, so they just assumed she did it, so they killed her. And before they killed her, they cut her tongue out as punishment because, you know, ventriloquist. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, years later now, she's coming back and she's taking revenge on all these people that were involved with it. And, yeah, yeah, like I said, it's very Freddy Krueger. It, the Freddy Cougar thing is like, you know, that's like the scary tale they would tell like the kids, like beware and that kind of stuff. There's like a poem that you hear in several different parts of the film. I will read the poem now yes. in my poem voice. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, make sure you never, ever scream or she'll rip your tongue out the seam. And if you see her, remember this. The only thing can, that can stop her is... And then dot, dot, dot. Yeah, they never finished that. It's not quite as catchy as one, two, Freddy's coming for you. No, it's not. And it doesn't rhyme. And I'm, I'm not saying that poems have to rhyme. But I feel like in an instance where it's like a creepy thing that you're telling to kids, they should rhyme. Because that's how children learn, you know? That's... Better if you if it rhymes, you remember it more. But yeah, needless to say that a lot of people did not know this this poem, and therefore they didn't know not to scream, so they did get their tongues ripped ripped off. Yeah, and also this is one of those things too. It's kind of hard not to scream when you know you're underneath the house and someone jumps out at you with a scary face on. Like, what does a scream really? If you go ah, because you're startled, is that screaming? Does that count? Like I, it was a little vague on what the terms of the scream were because if you're falling off a building and she happens to be around, like you're gonna scream as you fall, does that really count? It did count because yeah. it counted later on in the movie, and that yeah, really like, bothered me. That I was, was like, just that's like not mm. necessarily like because she scared them. That's just you're falling off the building. Exactly, because that person already saw her like fucking five times already and didn't scream. Yeah, but they were falling, so then they screamed. So I was like, ah. So Ryan Quanton, um, he has to go back. He becomes a widower, unfortunately. Yes, um, you because know. Let, let's talk about how he becomes a widower. <laughs> <laughs> now let's. As a horror fan, you know, first of all, when you hear a mysterious knock on the door... On Yo, he didn't night, even hear a knock on the door. There was no knock. It was just... I, was there a knock? Oh, yeah, there, yeah, there was a knock. There was, there was a knock. A, I'm so sorry. Mysterious knock on the door during a rainstorm. You open it, there's a giant package wrapped in dirty brown paper. It was tied up with string with your name on it. First of all, 
even now don't open that package nothing good is in there okay but okay let's say you decide you open it you open it there's a big black box inside there looks a little like a coffin again probably shouldn't open it but you go ahead and open it and you open it and there's the creepy ventriloquist dummy in there do not keep that in your house immediately take that to the fucking curb and just put it out there preferably after you nailed the lid shut to keep whatever's in there from coming out because let's be real if that shows up at your house you know that fucker is coming out after you at some point so get out of the house and nail it shut bye but of course not they take it right in the house uh, he goes to get chinese food his wife just takes it sets it up in their fucking beds talking to it laughing at it making fun of the doll so make fun of the creepy doll that comes that's a good plan they don't take that shit personally at all so of course he comes back only to find that she has been brutally murdered had her tongue ripped out and her face she's left there kind of like the ring thing where it's like yelling on ah i was gonna say <coughs> that all of the people that died in this film their last their fright face is very ring-ish mm -hmm. That's what stayed with me because that movie to this day, the remake, not Rungu, fucking creeped me the fuck out. Okay, that like it's I'm still scared of that because it's just horrifying to me. But yes, someone's an anonymous dummy. No, do not open it. Even if you know who sent it. If I've known you for 20 years and I get a package from you with your name on it that says... Hey, Shad, I thought you would like this. And I open it and that ventriloquist dummy's in there. First of all, we're not friends anymore. Secondly, I am not keeping that thing in the house. Because common sense would just tell you better than that. Oh, man. So also, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say um, this also ties into, well, later on, but this also reminded me um, of Annabelle. There's some Annabelle in the regard of that... It's not so much that the doll is evil, that it's actually being um, controlled by controlled by yeah a being, so to speak. And of course, there's a little a bit at the end of this where you see that oh. Mary Shaw had hundreds of these dolls. Yes, there's actually two later. We there's two cameos. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, one's kind of a, you could, is a little bit of a, you had to look a little bit for it. But one of them, the other one was pretty obvious. Uh, you find out that Mary Shaw had like a hundred of these ventriloquist dummies, even though a lot of them looked the same. Uh, she also just laying around in her creepy old, you know, place where she lived, which is a hotel on the lake. A hotel theater, like on a lake. Just kind of an odd thing. I guess there used to be a walk-over bridge to it, but there's not now because they always take boats when they go. Yeah. But then she had like a hundred of these dolls and they're all in glass cases, you know, in the place. So again, a little bit like Annabelle in the glass case. And you also, as they walk around, you see the Billy puppet from Saw just kind of casually sitting on the floor. Which the, which the dummy in the film, his name is Billy. So, and I, I had asked Chad, I was like, oh, is that like, you know, an homage to like the Saw films? Probably it's just also a, you know, common name for one of those things. It's like a, you know, hey, it's Billy the Dummy or whatever. I know, but there's like nine billion names that they could have given this fucking doll. Like Billy, like, and then Billy shows up, the, the real Billy's there. 
just chilling out, which is sort of place because it's he's not even in the collection of dolls. And the dolls get there. They were they all they were all buried with her in their little creepy family cemetery that they had. So they were all removed and, and let's, put. Let's, uh, let's talk about that for a minute, too. Mary Shaw got murdered by the mob. So then someone buried her. OK, we don't know who. Someone paid for a very large monument to her, you know, tombstone to be put up there. And then someone paid to bury all 100 dolls individually and in their own little coffins around her. Now, that takes a lot of money and time and work to do all that. So who did all this for this woman that they murdered because they thought she was a killer? This movie has some plot holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This... We never really find out who was responsible for all that because I can't imagine the townspeople were like, well, we killed this bitch that we think killed a kid and we cut her tongue out beforehand and now let's give her a nice Christian burial, uh, pay for an expensive monument, and then we will uh, individually bury all of her dolls with her. I mean, I don't think that you, I mean, the way that you're describing this, it was like in, it was like in a swamp. It would look very swampy in the middle of like nowhere. It wasn't anyone, it wasn't like the nice part of the cemetery. It wasn't even in a cemetery. It was just like some weird plot of land and some mossy ass swamp. And somebody carved out that giant ass tombstone though. Yes, they did. They did take the time and obviously they did bury all those 100 dolls. It's a lot of dolls. Look, I, I get it if they had just dug a big pit next to her and thrown them all in there and been like, fuck it, they're all in there. But they buried them all in their own coffin too. So someone basically had to go buy 100 child coffins somewhere and bury these dolls in them. Which I feel like that would attract attention too. If you're trying to bury this woman in secret, yes, I'd like 100 child-sized coffins, please. Holy shit, did the, the, the fucking elementary school burn down? What happened? No, I'm just burying the dolls with the creepy lady. It's fine. Yeah, I don't... I, don't, I, I feel like that would immediately get you killed right along beside her. So poor... anybody that would do that kind of effort, also probably a murderer. Oh my goodness. So poor Jamie, he has to go bury his wife and they have to go back to a Raven's Fair... Okay, is the name. Right there, the name of the town itself is Sounds Evil. Yeah. And he has to go visit his estranged father. And, you know, not to do a play-by-play because everyone should just watch this film. It has its really, really creepy moments. Um, And then, not that there's other moments, but, like, the ending of the film killed it for me. Like, that large plot hole... It just, it, it didn't work out for me. And then you told me that a whole bunch of people hate this movie. And I'm watching this movie and I'm like, okay, up to the end, I was like, I, this movie's, you know, pretty decent. And then the ending happened and I was like, oh, okay. I well. feel like this is one of those things that, one, they could have probably used, like, another pass on the screenplay. Like some of the, because the, James Wan and Lee Winnell were coming off a of saw. And I feel like this is one of those things where they were like, oh, yeah, let them do that. And no one pulled him aside and asked a lot of questions about it. Or maybe there was studio interference with it. I'm not sure. But I, I, I think I read there was some studio interference with it. But either way, it didn't work out well in the end. I feel like the first, like, three quarters of the movie are pretty good. It's just it kind of falls apart at the end for me, too. Because the more you think about the end, the more it's like, but but why? 
Yeah. How? That's where it falls apart. Who? My favorite, one of my favorite scenes is the scene in the, um, at, well, what would you even call that? Um, the autopsy area. Yeah, the, the, in the mortuary. In the mortuary, yes. And it's a scene where young Henry, which I get children are curious, okay? But this little boy saw, um, Mary Shaw perform her act. And he was a little creeped out by the look of this lady. Because when you look at the lady, no offense to Judith, but obviously she has on makeup and on the whole getup and everything. Um, she's creepy as fuck. He is creeped out. Why in the hell, when you know that this woman now has passed away, you gonna crawl out of your bed because it's a situation of like it's the family business, so they live in the house. Like they live above. They the, live above. It's a mortuary. Yeah, it's a my girl situation, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> where they live in the house. So he goes crawls out of bed. Of course, it's a rainy fucking stormy night, and he goes to investigate. And oh, let me take a look, look, see, and what's going on in the autopsy room, and then fucking sees Mary Shaw. Now, unbeknownst to him, she requested, and then I'm like. First of all, I understand you have to, like, the last will and testament, you have to, like, follow through with that. But who was going, no, this is not going to be, one, who was coming to her funeral? That's one. Two, this wasn't going to be an open casket. So if the dad decided not to follow through with her last request, I think that it would have been okay. And her last request was, one of them, besides being buried with her dolls, was she wanted to be transformed into a doll herself. What the fuck kind of request is that, man? That is real creepy. So he put in those little fucking doll eyes. So this poor child is like balancing on a little fucking wooden stool, peering into this damn fucking casket or whatever with this creepy ass woman looking like a doll with like wooden teeth and like fucking wooden eyeballs. Really creepy. It falls over. Okay, she rolls out and she just has the most sinister, maniacal face. And that's where the fucking whole thing of like light and shadow take place. That scene is fucking fantastic. Like it is super creepy, super creepy. Like I, I can't get over it. I think my favorite is probably when uh, the, the detective and uh, Jamie are going through the... Uh, like the theater at the end, of, near the end of the film, and they're, you know, everywhere they go, it's just one creepy doll after another popping out at them from somewhere. They're in the dark there with just a flashlight peeking around, all this creepy shit's happening. And I'm like, the best part is when the, uh, the creepy clown puppet appears and is sitting there, like, and says, Come closer, Jamie. And the, the Donnie Wahlberg just looks at him and shakes his head, like, No, bro. Don't go any closer. Of course, he doesn't listen. But, no. like, it's just the... Super had, honest reaction. His, like The reaction of the, his face, that was a great acting moment from him because it really sold the, like, fuck, no, do not go over there. Just with a head shake and look on his face, it was great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Another... Do you have another scene that's your favorite? Um, the, uh, the effect that they do when, like, Mary Shaw appears where all the other sound is where we get the name. When she appears to someone, all the sounds around them disappear. Everything just becomes completely silent. Dead silence? Yeah. 
You don't hear any, like, you don't hear the rain outside. You don't hear any sound around you. All you can hear is just what's in front of you with her making a little bit of noise, which is, you know, and then it just enhances the, you know, creepiness factor because when it's that quiet, you're just waiting for something to jump out and scream at you. Yeah, that's, oh, you were, you were saying how that's like the whole, you think the people from like uh, the brothers from that Quiet Place movie. They were yeah, like, they probably saw this and said, hey, you know, that's pretty creepy. Maybe we could do a whole movie out of that. Let's do a whole movie. <laughs> Of that, yeah. It is, uh, it does have its moments <coughs> when it's like super creepy like that. Because my thing is like, is it super creepy because she's so fucking old she can't hear? She wants to make sure she's hearing you scream. Is that why it just gets silent? Is, is that the reason? Yeah, when I saw this in the theaters, uh, there was a guy sitting in front of me, and then there's a certain point where uh, Jamie takes the uh, dummy out into the middle of the woods, buries it. And then comes back to his car, and the guy that was sitting in front of me just turned around and was like, you know that thing's in the fucking car, right? <laughs> and I just cracked up because I was thinking the same thing, like that thing's going to be in the fucking car when he gets back there. We weren't wrong exactly. It does make an appearance, but it wasn't. I was just expecting when he got in and turned around to see him was going to be sitting on the front seat, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. But it wasn't quite that simple, but it, it was, the idea was there. Now, there, in these kinds of movies, horror movies specifically, there's usually an archetype of some sort. There's that person that... Or many. Or many, yeah. And this one, it's um, Henry's wife, Marianne. And Marianne. And Marianne is the crazy lady who's like going around the whole movie petting a fucking raven. Okay? Because obviously they live in Raven's Fair. And she's talking to the raven and she's like wacko. And it's like, hello, do we not know already that those type of people are usually the ones telling the truths? Like, they are warning you of some shit because they know they're attuned to the weirdness that is about. And maybe you should listen to them. Yeah, just once I want... There's a pretty good example of that in that movie, uh, Eight-Legged Freaks, where the kid tells uh, David Arquette, like, you know, these spiders are grown to giant size or... They're killing people around here. And David Arquette goes, yeah, okay, I believe you. He goes, wait, you do? He goes, oh, yeah, of course. Anytime there's a kid that tells you something like this, I don't think you're crazy and just making this up. You probably saw that, right? He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, yeah, okay, I believe you. I just want more of that in there where people just go, okay, you know what? You've, you seem like you've been trustworthy. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, I trust you. I believe you. Yeah, that's what killed me about this film, which I know obviously is like it has to happen, but the uh, Detective Lipton... You know, he thinks that, you know, that's his job. He's like, the husband always did it, right? The husband always kills the wife. But it's so unexplainable and then you can't really, there's not evidence to pinpoint exactly like, oh, that person actually did do it. But the fact that he keeps going after him over and over and over again is just so persistent on him, which just will not let it go. That always drives me crazy when I know the person's innocent. And it's like, can you just listen to him? Like, yeah, please, just. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, obviously you wouldn't have a movie if they would just listen to him. But it always cracks me up when it's like the people are just like, obviously, you know, innocent. Uh, and no one believes them. They're like, no, we have, you're no one on your side, which is a whole thing. You have to feel alone. You have to feel, you know, that's when you become the most desperate, you know, and you're the fight you're standing alone 
Yeah, you can't. If I guess if everybody believed, and like you said, it wouldn't be very easy to just like you got to hurry and just be like, oh, everybody believes me. There's no problems. You got to have the lone guy out there trying to find and solve the mystery. Another real moment, whether it was Juan or Warnell, but was when um, Jamie escapes. He's about to get arrested and he escapes out of the house and he jumps in his car and uh, Donnie Wahlberg is like screaming after him and running out and he fucking says, I don't have a full tank of gas. And it's just like (laughs) another real fucking moment because it's just like, I don't have time for a fucking car chase. I'm like on E. (laughs) You know? The gas light is on in my car for Christ's sakes. I just could not fucking stop laughing. But yeah, the film, I give it, I give the film two and a half knives. That's what I would give it as well as two and a half because... We're going to get into it right now while we fucking give it two and a half knives. You go ahead because you're... Yeah, that's it. I was going to say, and now if you don't want to hear any spoilers from this point on, we're going to kind of spoil the end of it. So if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it someday, tune out here and we'll see you next time. But now, okay, spoilers, one, two, three what the fuck was going on at the end because at the end you find out that his dad has been interacting with him and talking to him this whole time this whole time he's been interacting mind you yes he's been far away from him he never got very close he never got close because he is estranged from his dad they're i mean we're gonna assume it's like somewhere in the fucking south right so they're not they're not close they're not they're not hugging you know it's a very that kind of a father like i'm the father and you're the son and and the mom is the one that gives you the love and the attention because that's the mom's job i'm just here to bring in the money and i'm cold like that kind of relationship so you don't really see any of that and then the other part of it is that Mary Shaw this whole time like even when she was alive her whole thing was she was trying to make the perfect doll and we never really get what that means to her because as you pointed out when we see the hundred dolls a lot of them do look alike that could be for a multitude of reasons that could be that they it's just doubled CGI wise it's just they didn't want to make a lot of differentiating dolls. You know, it just took too much time to make all these fucking dolls. It could be a, a plethora of things. But nevertheless, you see that. Then you see that the um, what we kind of didn't get into, which was the Ashen house has like a curse that was put on because Michael Ashen like kind of made fun of her and like totally made her like, I don't want to say a laughing stock, but she he pulled some shit that she didn't like and saying that she he could see her move her lips she didn't appreciate that in the middle of her show because he kind of heckled it out and you know he's a little boy it's like you're an old ass lady like grow the fuck up like can't you be the mature one and just let it fucking go but no she's like no bitch i'm gonna fucking kidnap you and she tries to make him into a freaking doll but then i guess it doesn't work out because she gets caught and then you have the, the story out like she was at first, like, she was innocent. Like, they had just accused her of this for no reason. That You know, just because of that, that they assumed that, like, oh, okay, well, he was, you know, he made fun of her, so she must have killed him. And then you find out, oh, no, she really did do it. She really did murder this kid. And apparently that was the only one. That was the, up until then, she really hadn't done that. She hadn't done that at all. I guess she so fucking... that was her first murder, which maybe, not that, that excuses it, but... 
and mind you, there's a lot of psycho. This is where you just when you have to start filling in a lot of blanks, plot holes like all over the place. Did she do it because she was so old she was never able to have children? Obviously, but now she did actually was able to have quote unquote a child because this is a child's size dummy. She's created a a child literally in her you know in her mind because all of these dolls were her children but now she has a life-size one that's like the size of a real kid so she's bringing the kid to life you know even you know in her image or whatever where she's able to control because obviously we all know you can't control the kid right she's able to control this kid was that the thing like that's what like really like okay like we gotta really dwelve into like what the fuck was going on there but yeah she was mad guilty and then we find out that the the dad's new wife uh, who's a young lady lisa is her name yeah and she's she's younger she's in her 30s maybe you think yeah fine 30s 30 to 40 she she way younger than he is she's at least 40 years younger than him so if he's 70 she's 30 you know yeah and she's there this whole time and then we find out that he has been turned into a puppet. Like, it's just his body. And Yeah, because he's, he's in a wheelchair. From the get-go, when you first see him, he's in a wheelchair. And let's go back just a little bit, not to get into the middle of your explanation. When we first see Jamie arrive to his dad's house, he hugs and, you know, there's salutations between both of them, the, the mom, the stepmom. And broad daylight, the stepmom and him, like, he's seen this bitch before. This is not the first time that he's meeting her. He knows well, that actually, this is... kind of was. It's, he said that was the first time they met. Oh, okay. But he knows of her, though. It wasn't like it was, like, out of the blue. I thought that was, like, the whole thing. No, it was... It, it was... He... She... No, no, sorry. She said, this is the first time we've met. And he was like, oh, okay. He's like, She's like, well, I'm married to your dad now. So he didn't know anything about it because he hadn't talked to the dad uh, in years, remember? Okay, 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 okay. So okay, he didn't okay. know anything about it. But the dad had been married before, after their mom died. Yes. That he was, so he just assumed. Oh, and she supposedly another... disappeared. Yeah. And so, then this lady, oh, well, maybe this lady came in and killed the other lady. Well, this lady comes in, but there's a portrait's. In the house. So the first portrait is of Jamie's mom and him, of the dad. The second portrait is just the dad, and then there's, like, no one in the seat. And then the third portrait is of him and the lady. Yeah. Okay? Now, we find out at the end that she has been controlling him like a puppet the whole time. She's using the ventriloquism to make his voice... She's got her hand in his back, like, working his mouth. With a fucking, the, like, broomstick. Yeah, like, with wooden puppet controls. He's just, like, literally, his back's cut open, just sliced open, and she's doing all this. And, you know, she's feeding him, putting soup in there, and it's just being caught in a bowl that's inside of him and everything. So. And he's, his body is fresh, like, he's, fresh-ish. He's gray, he's gray, kind of, like ashy looking but like you just think oh he's sick and he's old and you know the the fucking mansion is like very dark so he's like he's not getting a lot of sun so he just doesn't look good killed like a day or no more than a couple of days or at the same time that the wife was killed yeah because lisa knew that jamie would be coming to bury his wife because they grew up in that town so he would take her body to where she was born and raised 
where her family was, her other family, um, her so, actual family. Then this was this young lady, and then at the very end, when you find out that she's been controlling him like a puppet the whole time, then it like she either turns to Mary Shaw or Mary Shaw jumps out of her. It was kind of unclear. It's kind of like uh, I don't want to say Skeletor, but kind of like. She was under, like, the exoskeleton of the fucking lady. Because they kind of, like, flash. And you see, like, Mary Shaw's face over her face. And then Mary, you know, then he screams. And then Mary Shaw runs at him. And you assume he's died. Yeah, it's very frighteners. And it's like, okay. So. And then they show. Wait, wait. Then they show the portraits of all of the dad. This starts with the son. It starts with Jamie, then the dad, and the whole line of the family. And they're all, like, look fucked up and, like, weird. Because that was the other thing. That This is the... the she liked to... Mary Shaw, for whatever reason. She liked to set up the families after she killed them. And, like, their seats. Like, like portraits. Yes, yeah, so after they killed him, like, she really didn't kill anyone while she was alive. It was all when she was, when she became a ghost. After she had killed the one kid, when she became a ghost and was going around doing this, they would find whole families murdered. Where, like, you know, the mom, dad, kids were all killed and all this, and then she left them, like, posed in portraits. And you're like, what? How the hell did that work exactly? Yeah, I don't even So it know, left dude. you with the questions of, like, who was the lady? Was it just the ghost pretending to be a young woman? If that's the case, then why not just immediately kill him when he came in? You could have scared him right away and then got him to do that. Why manipulate him and get him to do all these other things? And if it wasn't, if it was like a daughter, granddaughter or something, how was that? How did that work? It really didn't explain what the hell was going on. It is. It, there's no explanation whatsoever. And that's fucking frustrating as hell. Like, so frustrating. Because... She interacted with the, the the lieutenant. I mean, with the detective. Like there was interaction. She was in broad daylight. Like she couldn't have been a ghost. Like yeah. a ghost can't. Like she was turning. She was using the dead and and doing throwing her voice off. She was twisting the fucking thing. Like a ghost can't be opening doors and fucking shit like that. Like and if how, she was a ghost, then why wouldn't she just possess the dad and make him? You know what I mean? There was just so many plot holes at the end that. I feel like they thought, oh, we'll explain all this in the sequel, but we never got a sequel. Maybe there's maybe there's some missing deleted scenes that we don't know about that kind of explains like who the fuck this lady is. Because my thing is, I would have liked that she was, she was fine. It was a dual thing. Mary Shaw was doing her thing because you think that Jamie defeats her at the yeah. end. That's the assumption that he defeats her. And then, you know, obviously he goes, but when he goes back to the dad's house, reveal, oh shit, then you see everything and then you fucking feel the reveal, then he dies. So that's fucked up. But like Mary Shaw was doing her part, but in conjunction, Mary Shaw's descendant, like maybe she had a niece. Maybe she did actually have one kid, like... And, you know, maybe the fucking daughter left when she was up because she was tired of fucking her mom being a fucking psycho hanging around with all these goddamn dolls all the damn time. So she fucking bounced. Who fucking knows? You know, who knows? Maybe maybe Mary Shaw had her. It was in the olden times. Maybe it was one of those situations where, oh, shit, Mary Shaw got pregnant. But she can't say she's fucking pregnant because then she's going to, you know, you got to send the fucking, she got to get sent to the nunnery, gets sent to the nunnery, the baby gets adopted elsewhere. She comes back and then lives her life. 
Who there's literally you can come up with nine thousand fucking different scenarios of what could have been or to f- explain this woman. Like who is this woman? Why is she doing this? How is she connected? Is she me? Was okay. Okay, hold on. I just came up with an idea. Maybe she did marry the dad. Cool, right? Cool. She married the dad. They were together. Mary Shaw fucking gets. She gets unveiled again or whatever. She's coming back for a fucking somehow revenge she's somehow. Back for revenge. And she possesses the woman and then kills the dad and then starts doing the fuckery. And to be fair, like someone had to bring the package to Jamie. Yeah, who the bought ghost, the package? The ghost can't be like hiring trucks and shit, you know? And the crazy lady, Marion, was she was wrong because that's how the son thought that the father was involved when he goes back to the dad's house because she he said who did this like how did this happen and she said it was the dad and then they show you a black figure like someone coming in through the door that looks like the shape of a man all dressed in black with black gloves pick up the dummy and leave like who took the doll so and she's saying it was the dad but it wasn't the dad because obviously the dad can't walk. So, yeah. but then again, she and crazy. Even, and, you know, Jamie even said, my dad's in a wheelchair. Yep. So, like, how did, what the hell was going on there? We never got answers about that. No, so many plot holes. That's where you get to and a half knives because there's scares. There's it. You're along for the ride. There's and creepy then atmosphere. Super creepy atmosphere. Fantastic scenes. I mean, the whole great the, costume design, which by the way we didn't mention it before, but the costume designer on this was uh, Denise Cronenberg, who's David Cronenberg's uh, older sister, and has oh, worked yes. with him on all of his movies up until she passed away recently. Yes, in twenty twenty. Yeah, so that was kind of an interesting thing there. That you got a Cronenberg working on this movie, so you know, there's obviously we've seen the costumes in Cronenberg's movies over the years. We know they're pretty awesome. Yeah, no, this she did a great job with all of Mary, Mary Shaw, Shaw all the, like the everything, the whole the look is just fantastic super creepy did she also do the dummies doll the clothes that's what Who i knows? need to know does she also <laughs> have to do the dummies clothes so <coughs> excuse me in the scene where they're flashing through all the dolls okay there is a flash of a doll that looks very very similar to annabelle Yes. Now, obviously, the story of Annabelle, who's that's a Raggedy Ann doll in real life, uh, Ed and and um, Lorraine Warren. We all, everyone knows the stories now, obviously, and that was always something you know in, in the books that they wrote and on their encounters and everything. So, if you're a screenwriter, a writer in the horror world or whatever, you're living that. You know of these things, right? Who's to say that they didn't have interest in that at the time and they wanted to you know, have maybe like, oh, whatever. Or they went back. I think they went back. They had all these damn dolls. I think they went back and were like, this doll's fucking creepy. Because when you see her, she looks very much like what they use later on as Annabelle. It's just the color of the hair is different. Um, And then obviously they put like the little rosy stuff. But you can definitely see like, it was just like a prototype for Annabelle. I think it's more that they just went back into the vault and were like, we have this laid around still because we made a bunch of these for the movie. So many. And let's just redress it slightly and use it, you know? Who has all these zombies? I love the story. I love the story of the Mary Shaw. I love the the thing of the taking of the tongues. 
you know there's like a whole lore there of like tongue removal you know you can't tell anyone secrets kind of thing if you they remove your tongue and all that kind of stuff i love that i love the poem you know even though it doesn't rhyme um i the lore of it you know the dummies it's all interesting to me there's so much interest the old timey you know pastimes you know of of going to something like that to see a show like that where there would be creepy obviously we know that there's other stories that have had ventriloquist dummies you know and so many different levels of scary horror films um or tv shows that have had that yeah the tales from the crypt one's probably my favorite yeah the tales from the crypt one um so good but it was all good and then yeah what what y'all did man at the end man come on Juan, come on what out what's up what happened <laughs> yeah they just kind of the end of it just kind of petered out and i feel like either just some deleted scenes that we didn't see or there's uh things that were going to be explained in the sequel or things that just got left out that we'll never know about so yeah that's to me this one kind of cuts it down if it was if they explained more about the end it would up it and be like a three three and a half star movie but or i'm sorry knife yeah you finally got me doing it um but with this it just it's two and a half it's good but it's not the end kind of drags it down it it totally does drag it down it totally does and we have just been harping on it because it's just so disappointing and you know maybe it'd be cool if one of you i will take either one just hit us up and let us know what was the original plans <laughs> so then we can move on and feel complete because we just really want to know but yeah it's currently on tubi um there's for also free a, yeah there's also a very a new deluxe edition of it just got released by uh, scream factory like the new 4k super edition of it so maybe that's on there maybe we should check that out maybe we will check it out and see if we could find some answers some answers of what happened who who was this mysterious lady who was lisa what what was what was what was she about was it a young version of mary shaw how did she do that like i did she put her soul did she pull a chucky yeah what's going on was it very chucky inspired child's play inspired but you know we'll never know so thank you so much for joining us in another episode of jump scare stay tuned to the horror And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.